This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 324. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode, this is the first of four planned listener choice December episodes. This is what the fifth year I think we've done a listener choice December where we put the control of the main shows in your hands. I run them through a series of categories. You guys post stuff on Facebook. I shortlist them. You vote on them on Facebook and then I cover them on this series. Kicking off with the first of the four part series, we are doing your dream Christmas horror review. Next week we'll be doing the Dream Double Bill review of movies. The week after that, you're getting something that I've put in to kind of counterbalance all the happiness and good time feels in our room. I've picked um, a little little theme of uh, Dream Double Bill of true crime documentaries. In other words, stuff that'll make you feel miserable. And then finally, on Christmas Eve this year, we'll be doing our annual Christmas Eve commentary. Myself and the Baz, maybe guests, sitting down and doing your pick of a movie that we should cover. Um, The polls have all closed on everything, so I can tell you today's episode will be looking at Silent Night, Deadly Night as your dream Christmas horror movie review. Next week, for the Dream Double Bill, you guys have chosen the theme of Masterpieces of Gothic Horror, and we're doing Crimson Peak and Bram Stoker's Dracula. The following week, the dream double bill of, let's be honest, true crime documentaries. Yeah, we're doing The Tales of the Grim Sleeper and Dear Zachary. That one has fun ripping out of it. And of course, finally, the Christmas Eve commentary, Dead Alive by Peter Jackson, aka Brain Dead. So that is your lineup this month for the listener choice. So like I say, on this episode though, we're doing Silent Night, Deadly Night. Do you know it is a long ass time since I watched this movie? I got the Blu-ray box set last year. Well, I say Blu-ray box set. I got the box set was released in the UK, which had part one and part two in it. Now I'm fully aware that that series goes on long past the second entry. But yeah, I bought that box set and it's remained in shrink wrap up until yesterday when I finally broke the seal on it and sat down to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. My thoughts and musings on that movie coming up after the first break. The rest of the week, though, is packed. I mean, I can't even understate here how packed the rest of the week is going to be for you, dear listeners. Let me tell you what's still to come up. On Thursday, you're getting a Children of the Corn Russian Roulette franchise retro. That's the first of three planned episodes for that, with the first episode dropping Thursday, covering the original short movie from 1983, the original movie from 1984, the sequel to that movie that came out almost a decade later, and part three as well. So four movie reviews, four guests on that episode on Thursday. 
on Friday, you are getting our director conversation. That's right, our annual sit-down, our gathering, myself, Bo Ransdell and Doug Tilly, where we pick a director and run through their entire filmography. This year's one is dubbed, Are You Freaking Kidding Me? That's right, William Friedkin, 20-plus movie reviews and TV stuff as well. That episode is seven hours fucking long. <laughs> Oh God, and it's coming your way on Friday, Friday, that's right, it's going to be in your hands on Friday, and then on Sunday, 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 I sit down with the delectable, the phenomenally delicious Dave Parker, and we are going to be kicking off a brand new box set series, sitting down doing the Lindsay Barker box set. Oh, I cannot wait to get down Lens at Becker Box said, Let's do it, please We're going to be doing Orgasmo Which means I will be orgasmic talking about it So yeah, that's coming on Sunday That is your T-Pups content Incoming for the week Yeah, loads, loads Easily over 10 hours worth of podcast content You're welcome On the T-Pups Collective Tonight, tonight we are dropping the season finale of Where to Begin With. That's right, it'll be in your grubby little hands, closing out that series for a couple of months before we return with season number three. And this weekend, a brand new episode of Dorn the Master. Myself and Mark Ball do Home Sweet Home and a movie that I now want the most amazing collector's edition that doesn't exist for Mad Foxes, which I fucking adored. So yeah, we're doing that movie as well. And that's the Teapots Collective. Oh yeah, by the way, for those that are interested in Jaws is Shite and other regrettable outbursts, we're having a house party this Friday at Casa Rafferty. Uh, myself, the Baz and Scott Liam getting very, very drunk and things will be inserted in places that I'm just going to say are welcome. Let's, let's, let's go all consensual with this. That is coming up. Uh, the Anarchy First year will be all over Facebook. You can count on that. Right, I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love you. Ladies and gents are going to hear the trailer for Silent Night, Deadly Night. This was your pick for Dream Horror Christmas Review. And it's coming right up, right after this. This is Michael Caine, a award-winning film actor. You might know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for the Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, your life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with... They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next, and then back to something like Singing in the Rain the next episode, they must be destroyed on sight! Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Hopper, Paul Romani, and Lee Hardy, as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, Drive Through.
was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Silent Night, Deadly Night. This one came out all the way back in 1984. The director of this movie is one Charles E. Sillier Jr. I think that's how you pronounce that name. Probably isn't, but let's be honest. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Seems a bit harsh, but also fair. Um, this guy here, not a ton of uh, credits in the old uh, director's chair, but turns out was a producer of some notoriety um, for quite some time, actually. Like, a very, very, very long career. D died in 2011. Uh, but yeah, this was his second movie that he did. Uh, two, <laughs> by the looks of things, two Christmas movies in the same year. He also directed a movie in 1984 called Snowballing which I'm hoping is a Christmas-themed movie and not about taking copious amounts of cocaine. Um, I mean, maybe, because after seeing this movie, I think he may have been snowballing when he fucking directed it. Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, yeah, it has been a long age, a long, long time since I had seen Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, I, I think it's even, I think it's over a decade, easily over a decade the movie itself um, is based on the Paul Kiami uh, screenplay, maybe, um, and stars, uh, well, sorry, and, and a co-written by Michael Hickey, that's right, he uh, leaves a mark on your neck, um, and you'll just have to deal with it, because that's what he does. Uh, also, <laughs> I'm in a silly mood tonight, it's all about this, you know, kind of, oh, we're doing Christmas, kind of listener pick things, and Duncan doesn't have control, and when I don't have control, I get wacky, I'm not going to lie, I get wacky. The movie itself stars Lillian Siobhan, um, we have Gilmer McCormick, that's a name and a half, isn't it? We have Tony Nero. Um, we have uh, Robert Brian Wilson, Britt Leach, H.E.D. Uh, Redford, that's what's written in here, Nancy Björgenicht, that's a name, uh, Danny Wagner, Linnea Quigley, Leo Getter, Randy Stumpf, Will Hare, Tara Burtman, Jeff Hansen, Charles Dirkkop, uh, Eric Hart, Jonathan Best, E. Madeline Smith, 
uh, Max Robinson, and we have a ton of other folks in this one. Tons of kids. Tons and tons and tons of kids. Um, so the synopsis for this movie, as listed on IMDb, is Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Now, Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, and he has just become Santa himself. So yeah, um, I'm not the biggest... <laughs> Looking Duncan Preffers in this. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Santa Bay slashers, if I'm honest. I find a lot of them to be relatively tawdry. Um, so I wasn't really looking forward to going back to this one. I was pulling for a couple of the other movies in the selection because I don't want to come on here and it's like, oh, the listeners have picked a movie. Duncan fucking hates it. Stupid fucking listeners. Um, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that comes on and says, you know what, listeners, you did a good job. Let's all get naked and sit in my hot tub. That's the sort of host I want to be. And the concern was that maybe you done fucked up and maybe I done had watched this movie and decided that you done fucked up. But turns out, ladies and gents, um, I had a ball with this movie. I don't know. I think I have maybe seen one of the sequels and that is what is colouring my memory of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Either that... Or this is getting merged with a couple of other ones. You know those Santa Bay slasher movies? You know the ones I'm on about. It's maybe merged with that. I could remember the setup. I could remember the old crazy granddad and the whole, listen here, Billy. Um, you know, has she been a good boy? Santa Claus are coming to get you. You know, I, I could remember that. But I couldn't really remember much else. I couldn't remember the parents dying at the hands of the crazy fucking Santa with the, the knife and the gun. He got a gun! The knife and the gun. Um, I couldn't remember any of that. So when I was sitting watching it, I was like, oh yeah, his granddad terrorises him. And then later on he becomes Santa at a shop. And that's how... He, I, could, I could not remember the proper setup to this. And it's fucking gnarly, man. See the scene? Um of the, it just reminded me of Zodiac and I'd, oh, it doesn't help that I've got like a like a two month old baby at the moment um, but the scene of the, the parents being killed by this Santa and the baby just wailing in the back of the car, helpless as this maniac tries to rape the mother, um, yeah pleasant things, the sort of things you want to be thinking about when you're, you're full of eggnog and Christmas cheer so yeah, basically the setup of this movie is like it kind of said in the synopsis um billy's a small kid he goes with his mum his dad and his baby brother to visit his granddad who has been locked up uh, in a in an asylum by the looks of things uh, his granddad doesn't speak it doesn't react to anyone until billy's left in the room with him and then his dad his granddad becomes fully animated and then starts to scare the living fuck out of him uh, basically telling them that santa comes for those that are naughty and punishes them and of course billy walks out completely changed oh yeah and another event does it um he gets batman uh, by that i mean his parents are killed in front of him uh <laughs> he gets batman by santa uh the parents get pulled over um to help this like guy that's dressed as santa that we've seen murder a store clerk just a couple of minutes before and this guy shoots the dad um takes the mum out we get a fine shot of linea quickly's tits and by the way they are Oh, mm. 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 
really nice. Like, like too nice, if you know what I mean. And this guy, like, murders his mother in front of him uh, by slitting her throat. And then kind of just terrorizes everything. And we don't ever find out what happens to him. But we do jump forward a couple of years because this movie has a double setup. Which I kind of love about this as slashers go. Usually get the kid trauma, the, trauma, the kinder trauma. And then we don't get any, you know anything else until there's a triggering event as, a, as an adult. And I think that's what I tripped my brain. Because that's the, the formulaic setup to a slasher. You don't usually double down on it. This movie fucking doubles down on it hard. Because we then get this kid a little bit older. Severely traumatised. In the fucking orphanage. Run by hostile nuns. Who punish you for anything. And Billy is drawing pictures of decapitated animals. Because he'd been traumatised. And the mother superior is just blowing this off as, you know, he doesn't, he was too young to remember. Let's not be so, you know, he was too young to remember this. He's just a very naughty boy. Um, he's not the Messiah, he's a naughty boy. And what's really funny about this, was not funny, it's tragic, is she is clearly just abusing these kids and no one gives a fuck. And Billy keeps getting picked on. And her solution, this is the mother superior solution, is that by dragging Billy over and dumping Billy on Santa's knee, he'll be cured. That doesn't happen. Billy, like, left left turn Clyde, or right turn Clyde, hooks him in the, in the face, knocks Santa down, uh, and as a result gets, like, severely punished by the Mother Superior, who likes giving him the old belt, if you know what I mean, and telling him he's been a very naughty boy, which is just basically you adding, like, I don't know, extra seasoning to an already risen souffle you know this is like this is not nothing good will come of this then we jump forward 10 years again so we've got the setup his parents were murdered in front of him the next setup is naughty boys are punished right so this is like we're, we're ingraining this anyone in, engaging in any sort of fornication is also naughty so we're doubling up so not only is santa a killer but anyone being promiscuous is naughty and deserves to be punished and then we join like Billy as he like 18 years old maybe potentially at this point he's played masterfully by Robert Brian Wilson who a very handsome looking guy but also there's like this kind of glare in the eyes which I mean even if I was friends with him I would be like that don't be alone with Billy you know what I mean he's kind of dodgy um he gets a job because he's still at the Maybe at the orphanage? This isn't explained very well. If he's 18, he's not at the orphanage anymore. But apparently, still at the orphanage and the nun is his parole officer. <laughs> Maybe. She gets him a job stocking shelves in a toy shop. Which to me, if you are... This is the thing that gets me about this movie. Like, the nun clearly knows that Santa triggers him off. So she gets him a job in a toy store just before Christmas. I'm just going to say... She should have, like, Sister Margaret, played by Gilmer McCormick, you should have done better. You should have done your homework. So he works out there. We basically get, like, a montage, and it is hilarious. It's, like, one of these montages where he's lifting a box and the camera pans into the shop owner, and he's like, hmm, head tilted to the side. It's like, like, it's like the intro to the Brady Bunch. It's, it's so fucking cheesy. And then, of course, things start to move more towards Christmas. We hear that his co-workers are saying that he's, he's kind of losing focus. And then he, well, the Santa in the shop pulls out for being ill. Billy's dressed as Santa, terrorising some fucking kids. And then it's the Christmas party where the, as the owner of the shop says, let's all get shit-faced. And amen to that man. I wish I worked in a business that allowed me to get shit-faced. Well, I do actually. Uh, but let's say, like, even more so. 
So, uh, Billy sees a co-worker he does not like trying to essentially molest and rape another co-worker and this triggers him off. And so begins Billy's rampage. A rampage which will see him kill all of his co-workers, stumble across a house at night, breaking through with an axe, fucking shining style, uh, murdering another woman and impaling her on, uh, you know, one of these mounted like deer heads, these buck heads, like right up there, uh, killing another dude by throwing him out a window, decapitating a bully who steals a sledge in an amazing scene, and just generally just killing a lot of people. All this is over with, and by about the the kind of fifty minute mark, and I'm like Jesus Christ, um, because this movie isn't an hour and twenty minutes long, and it's granted in saying that the Blu-ray that I have has both the theatrical one, which is the cut that I watched for this, because. When you guys pick a movie, unless you specify director's cut, you get theatrical cut. And there is an extended director's cut, which I've never seen before, which I will watch before the end of the year just to see what the differences are. I imagine it's probably in the violence. Although in saying that, this is a streamlined, lean, mean watch, and I appreciate it for that. But we then follow the sister trying to track down Billy and piecing together that he's going to go back to kill mother superior um for all the trauma that she's put him through and by this point she's in a wheelchair now um still very much a, a kind of prickish woman is what i would describe her as and billy makes his move back to get her and of course this results in a cop actually murdering a priest dressed as santa which is one of those moments where you fist bump there you know what i mean we've all been there and then he um he dies that cop and then Billy shows up and Billy's about to kill Mother Superior and then gets shot a couple of times in the back and Mother Superior survives in this movie, which upsets me because she's an evil bitch and this movie should have killed her hard like several times over. Like, like I don't know, like death by atomic dildo or something, you know, that she should have died. Like a, a dildo on the end of a pneumatic drill just pounding into oblivion. Um... We didn't get that, and that is a, is a negative point for me. I don't like it when shitty characters survive slasher movies. Uh, but Billy gets gunned down. But the trauma of seeing Billy dressed as Santa, murdering people and getting killed, is then transferred to another kid, setting up a potential sequel, which I don't think the sequel actually follows, if memory serves. And that's Silent Night, Deadly Night in a nutshell. Uh, things to like about this one, great kills. Great practical effects. Like the killer, I think Billy's a, a, he's an interesting, fun killer. This movie has a particularly nasty streak to it. Like, a very, very, very nasty streak. That whole opening sequence is fucking traumatising if you'd seen it as a kid. Um, you're not supposed to, obviously. You, you, well, if you're me, you can't quite get over the fact that someone would kill a woman with a lovely rack like that. That's how I knew at that moment there was no God. True story. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I love those things. I love the runtime. This is over. This is over and done quickly. And there's no, I mean, apart from the like, like the sister team up as an odd couple with a police officer to track down Billy, which takes like maybe 10, 15, well, 10 minutes of the story kind of on and off. That to me slows it down a little bit. But out with that, the kills happen in close succession. There's a cheesiness about the movie that I really enjoyed. Um, like I say, I love the kills, love the effects. Simtrack's pretty cool. I suppose my only negative against it is Silent Night, Deadly Night isn't necessarily the most original movie in the world. It's already playing in a fertile ground of other movies that have come before it. 
And it, I mean, it does enough to stand out in its, its own kind of merits, but at the same time, it doesn't push itself to such a level that it is its own entity. It still feels like it's trading off a, we could do, well, we need a killer at a, a, a holiday period because that's what we do in slasher movies. In a costume, Santa seems like, like key fodder for that. So that, that I mean that aspect's kinda cool. Um but it doesn't necessarily push itself to anything tremendous. And that's a, a slight negative to me. Like I say, the mother superior surviving at the end of this movie is bull fucking shit. Bull to the shit, as Bo Ransdell would say. Um I hated that. She needed to die and then be resurrected and then die and be resurrected. I do not believe that anyone should hit a child for drawing pictures of dead animals because they're traumatised by what they saw their parents go through. I think that's real fucking shitty and she should have died and then burned in hell. So I, I didn't like that aspect about the movie. In fact, it, it actually made me angry when it finished. So that's a, a big old slight against this movie. Like I said before, bad characters are supposed to die in slasher movies. That's the fun and the charm of it. Unless they're trying to portray her as a hero, which if that's the case, that's problematic. So yeah, that was um, that was a negative against it. But yeah, this is once again I, I surprise myself with things where I genuinely can't understand why it's taken me so long to return to this movie. So where I wanted to say you do, you done fucked up, listeners. I'm gonna say you done right, listeners. You did real well on this one. I thought this was kind of awesome, and um, part of me is like really excited to now slot this back in, rightfully so, in a position of a recurring movie at Christmas time to watch, because there is a lot to enjoy about this movie. It is needlessly mean at times, but at the same time, it's hugely entertaining. Um, I'd give this a 4.5 out of 5. I'd score this really high. This is above I really liked it. Sadly, not quite at the loved it level, because, like I say, gotta kill that bitch. She needs to die or at least get her old woman titty plays with you know what I mean like tune those nipples up like radio dials all I need to say about that I'm going to take my final break of this episode when I come back I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been episode 324. This has been the first of four Listener Choice December episodes doing your dream Christmas horror movie with Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. You guys done me proud. You're one for one. I know next week you did great as well because, trust me, ain't no bad words coming out of this guy's mouth on Bram Stoker's Dracula and Crimson Peak as a double bill. Let me clean the semen off my chest from where I inadvertently ejaculated. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to do that double. It's going to be so, so goth. Just like my heart. So yeah, you did really, really well on this one. And yeah, I'm really excited to start watching it more and more as the years go on and ready to berate myself even further that it's taken me this long to revisit a movie which clearly I'm in the right frame of mind this year to watch. 
Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Like I say, next week, Dream Double Gothic Horror Bill coming your way. The following week, it is an episode that don't do anything that makes you appreciate life while listening to it. We're going to be doing Tales of the Grim Sleeper and Dear Zachary, a movie that almost got the tears going this time round. Fucking every time, it's like a swift boot to the testicles. Yeah, like right in there every single time but yeah so that's coming and then like i said the christmas eve commentary a little bit of peter jackson baz has never seen dead alive he has no idea what he's letting himself in for oh man it's worth it just to hear his reaction so yeah that is also coming your way plenty of stuff loads of stuff uh, before you know it you're going to be sick of hearing my voice this month oh well that's assuming that you aren't already there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under this wherever you're listening to hit subscribe that way you get the shows as and when they drop access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content do not stop there listeners don't do it I don't know what you're thinking about doing well don't I want you to subscribe to the sister feed the Teapot's collective over there I do shows like Where to Begin With which will be dropping an episode tonight our season finale if you will we also do Chronicle, we do Opera Omnia and doing the nasty, oh by the way, new doing the nasty coming this weekend, if you will. Subscribing to both those feeds, the Teapots Collective and Podcast Under the Stairs is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. If you hate navigating pod catching devices and apps, I don't blame you, they all suck, then you know what, you know what? Why not go to the website, teapotscast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws as shite and other regrettable outbursts. A booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil, where we get drunk. We talk about terrible life choices, and after the upcoming party this Friday, I'm sure we'll have a lot to do next show. Um, loads, of, loads of regrettable stories. I am really... I, I regret ending up waking up with a carrot up my ass. Or do I? So yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm so in a silly mood and I don't know why the silliness is just ripping out me. But yeah, so we talk about terrible life choices. <laughs> like starting a podcast. Uh, we talk about weird news stories from all around the globe. Your terrible life choice, ladies and gentlemen, could have been hit and play on this episode. That's all I'm saying. And <laughs> we do listener emails live on that show. Jaws is shite, another regrettable outburst exclusively available to tpuzzcast.com Ladies and gentlemen, if you are on Facebook and you want to interact, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tpuzzcast For the Teapots Collective, where you can find all the shows that I post, it's facebook.com forward slash tpuzzcast and get down and dirty mucky with us all on Jaws is shite at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod Whew. Where do we go next? Yeah, if you hate Facebook, I hate them too. So, but still like all the links I just mentioned. Instagram and Twitter are the places to play with us as well. Um, you can go over there into the twin prongs of social media sexiness that I like to admin along with the Baz and follow us on at Teapotscast. Couldn't be any easier. Ladies and gentlemen, the podcast under the stairs will return to your feeds in two days when we kick off the first of our three-part Russian roulette franchise retro into Children of the Corn. Oh yeah, the Baz is on that one. 
and you ain't gonna wanna miss his review. First time ever he watched Children of the Corn, you're gonna get his thoughts and musings along beside other great hosts on that episode when it comes your way Thursday. So until then, whatever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off. <laughs>